Welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, episode 79 of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel. With me, as always, is... Hey, guys. What's going on? It is Jason. And I just... I don't have a fun game up top here or anything this week, because I think we're going to try and... This might end up being a little shorter episode, uh, but I did want to say this. I think I didn't get my point across very well last week. Um, I mean, Jeff didn't get his point across very well last week. Um, Jeff, my twin voice brother. Um with the roll and write games, I I think they're okay. If they're developed from the ground up as a roll and write game, I'm okay with them. Okay, that's my new thing. If it's a big box game that they're re-slapping a, a theme onto a roll and write and modifying it, I don't like care for that. And I've not played any of those that I think are, are good. And actually, a lot of times the dice games of, of other games aren't super awesome. So that's my clarification right up top here. Um, not down with all, all the the rolling rights, but some are really good. So anyway, uh, just wanted to clarify that because I feel like I came across kind of like harshing on the rolling rights. They're just, they're saturating everything right now. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't just like anything else, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And, and I agree. Some of them are okay. I've played two and both of those are okay. So it is what it yeah. is, I guess. Jason, you sound like you've been, uh, you sound like you've been like ranching for the last like few hours. Like you like herded some cows. And... <laughs> no, I just woke up and then ran over here to do the podcast. <laughs> we're doing we're doing a morning show. So so Jason hasn't had a full day's worth of uh, menthol to help clear his vocal pipes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, it's well, not right. true, but yes. Well, we'll pretend like it is. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we'll definitely make that a part of our show lore that Jason loves menthol, but he doesn't actually smoke them. He just, he like drinks menthol. So I don't know <laughs> how that works, but he you puts a little in his water. It's, it clears the throat right up. <laughs> yep. All right. That's, I think we've been plenty dumb. Uh, if you're still listening, we're going to move on with good stuff and do that now, I guess. Okay, so I found a couple things in news that I wanted to talk about, and the first thing that we probably should talk about are the winners of the Spiel. So the Spiel de Jara's winner, I think, was announced on Monday, the twenty second, I believe, and the Spiel de Jara's winner is Just One, which is a little party game from Repos that's been getting a ton of rage or a ton of praise and is all the rage right now. So if you want a party game that seems pretty fun, then go check out Just One. And I think they, the big oh, well, ahead. they had that they, they had that one on the shelf. Uh, I was at this place in Indianapolis called Kingmakers. It's actually kind of cool. It's up on Massachusetts Avenue. Um, it's like a board game cafe up there, and um, they had a copy sitting there. And I definitely was like, ah, not for me. Um, but I mean, I don't know. These awards, I don't agree with a lot, uh, especially the Spiel. The Kent, the Kenner usually is an okay game, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, I passed on this one, and it just I don't know. It didn't intrigue me. Yeah, as far as party games go, this would be kind of one that would maybe be something I would play, but I'm not going to go out of my way to look for it. Uh, the winner of the Kinnerspiel, which is the heavier game or the connoisseur's game or something like that, I, I don't know what the actual term is, is Wingspan. So I'm pretty sure Stonemeyer is pretty pumped about that, and it's been getting a lot of praise, and it appears to be a good game. I haven't played it, so that's an appropriate award i believe how do you think jamie feels about that like it's probably mixed emotions like the first game that they they put out that doesn't have a whole lot to do with him 
wins the spiel. I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I'm sure he's happy though, and it's I I have played it, and I think it's a great game. And actually, I'm I'm hoping to rush a review out and capitalize on some of that spiel buzz. So um, we do have this one, and and it's uh, it's good. I like it. Um, it's a family game. Um, and that's actually the number one family game now. So, uh, there's that. So, uh, it shot up the rankings super fast, but it's really good. I like it. Yep. Cool. I need to play it sometime for sure. Yeah. You won't like it. It's okay though. I like engine builders. So if it's an engine builder, I kind of like that. It's, it's, uh, it's a children's engine builder to you. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You you might... One step you up might from like Loop okay. and Louie. <laughs> you might you might like it okay, but I mean it's if you if you despised Gizmos, which it seemed like you did, like at least you maybe you despised who you played Gizmos with, but I mean there's enough crossover between it and Gizmos that like I don't know, man. I don't, I can't see somebody loving Wingspan and hating Gizmos, and maybe that exists, but I just they the way how they uh, like use synergy and engine building is is pretty similar. Um, Wingspan's the way better game, in my opinion, and it has just better art. It's more depth to it, more options for it. Um, you talk about that strategy where you can like rush, rush through and get just cheap cards, and rush the game through to to win. You can't do that in Wingspan. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is this is a tough show for me to record because I feel like for sure I'm like recording with like Jack Palance, and he's definitely trying to get me to like stop being such a city slicker or something. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> yeah i mean the thing that about this game that's different than gizmos is there's a set number of rounds so that kind of makes me want to play it right there yeah i i think before we're done recording today you should do some promos for the show and be like hey it's it's your buddy clint eastwood here <laughs> dirty harry telling you to listen to the board game mechanics i don't know man i don't know if it's going to come through in the podcast or not but your voice is like 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 you always have the cowboy gruff voice and like man it is like you're the you're the cowboy of cowboys today, man. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> that's funny. Well, cool. Uh, I don't have any news. Um, I mean, like, I think we're gonna really kind of cover some news when we get to our, our feature today when we talk about Gen Con. Um, but uh, yeah, and and smartphone definitely looks good. I hope they keep that real bad box cover art for it. Um, man, I just hope they keep that. Uh, I think it's Travis McElroy on the cover of the box as the <sighs> model, and it's just. It's uh, such a bad cover. Anyway, uh, cool. Yeah, I didn't mention that, but smart smartphone is hitting Kickstarter on the 25th, which by the time this episode drops, it's there. So go check that out if you're into that. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll pretend like I'm going to edit that to make it sound like you did say something before that, but <laughs> no, I'm not. That's all good. Uh, yeah, cool. I, this is a morning show. I think, Jason, I haven't had any coffee yet today. I don't know if you have, but this this could be a lot of fun. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay so i'm gonna start talking about some games that i played and they're two uh maybe not super popular games one's not even out yet so i'm gonna start with that one and that game is called rare roses this is from craven studios and i don't i'm not sure when it's going to hit kickstarter if it's going to hit kickstarter when it's coming out i should know that since i did a video but i don't but what this game is, is people, uh, the players are trying to have the best flower stall, which you're trying to, to buy these buds to bloom them into more mature flowers to fulfill these orders for different types of people. 
that's the whole game. You're going to spend money to buy these pedals to sell them back for more money. And whoever has the most money at the end of the game is the winner. The trick here is you can fulfill the orders in two different ways. You can fulfill them by a perfect match, which means some of the flower bouquets need buds. Some of them need full blooms. Or you can fill them just by matching the type of flower, and it doesn't matter the bloom of it. So say the bouquet wanted three fully bloomed pink flowers, but you had one fully bloomed pink flower and two buds. You could cash those all in to fulfill that bouquet for less money. So you're going to do that over, I think, uh, there's 20 cards that you're going to play through, 20 order cards. And whenever the last one is drawn, that's the end of the game. I think it takes about an hour. So if you like economic games like Fish Cook or that nature where you're spending money to make money, then go check this one out. That's Rare Roses. Video on YouTube. couple things. I I wasn't able to listen very well because it was so weird to hear Tom Waits talk to me about like uh, collecting (laughs) collecting roses. (laughs) The the other piece too... (laughs) Is when we talk about our go-to economic games, uh, Happy Pigs. Hello. Uh, anyway, um, mine's fish. You cook. know, I haven't talked about Happy Pigs in a while, and uh, I think I may have to put that on the games played next week. Get that played this week and, and put it on there. Jason, I played Villainous, and I'm only mentioning this because I'm changing my opinion on it. Um, I always thought it was pretty good. Like I thought it was a pretty good game, and I enjoyed it fairly well. And uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. It's not great. It's good. And I don't think it's good. <laughs> like, I've changed my mind on it. Um, I think everyone was shocked that a Disney property game coming out at Target was like had some depth to it. And I think we were so shocked by that that we were like, this game's good. It's not. I don't think it's a good game. It, it rips off Scythe for that where you're going to take your actions from where you place at. It has like some heavy, like just card mechanics and stuff in it. But it's so hard to teach this game to people because. Everyone has a different victory condition. Um, you never know what's going to come up in your deck. It's all luck based. So, like one of the one of the win conditions on this game is to have a curse in each location. Well, if somebody draws a bunch of curses and can get those dropped down, and we can't do anything to make those curses go away, they can win really quickly. Um, whereas, like my my win condition was have Peter Pan come out and then and then defeat him at a certain location that I have to unlock. So like I have to have a certain number of cards come out then be able to play them and and have it all go go off without any problems. And you can play super strategically, but if those cards are in the bottom of your pile, you're not going to win. So it's super luck based. It's super hard to explain. Um and I just I think we were smitten with the fact that it's a beautiful game. I think we were smitten with the fact that it came out at Target and it was Disney and it had like Magic the Gathering elements and side elements in it. And I just don't think it's that good. It doesn't hold up. Um, and that's, that's uh, let's see here, get the soundboard ready. That's Joel's hot take for the week. So uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't love it. Um, it's not holding up. Have you played this one much lately? Uh, I haven't. And the only reason I haven't is because the last time I played it, it was four players and it took like two hours. Yeah, that's so rough too. My issue with the whole game is that it just takes too long. I don't care about the the luck factor or winning quickly. I don't care about that just because it is what it is. It's a card game, but I don't want to sit there for three hours, two to three hours, and lose. Well, and then like, the other piece yeah. too on it, Jason, is who is this game appealing to? It's appealing to like gateway gamers or like people who aren't into heavier games. And so trying to explain this game to them is really hard. So I had the bad experience with this at Kingmakers where it's like, 
this game is something that someone had seen at Target. They're like, oh, can we play this? I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad game. I'll try and explain it to you guys. I tried to explain it to him for like maybe 25 minutes. Um, I was there with Jed. So, so check this out. Here's the hot gossip. Jed, who gets frequently mentioned, has a girlfriend. Yeah. What's happening? What? Yeah. So, so we had a little double date thing and his girlfriend wanted to play it. And I mean, like, she felt so bad. She's like, I am so sorry that I picked this game. It's just like, I don't get it. I don't enjoy it. And then we ended up playing a bunch of games that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast. But anyway, um, it was a good time still. But uh, but Villainous, it, it doesn't hold up for me. Um, so in revisiting it a year later or whatever we're at now, I just I don't care for it. And I'm sorry about that, but I got to be honest. That's cool. Yeah, I, I would still play it. I like it. I'm just not going to play it with more than three ever. That's the way I'm going to roll with it going forward. Yeah. Well, then the other thing I'm going to say is this. You have three people there that you can explain villainous to really quickly and well, and they can play it and be competent at it. Why aren't you playing something else with those three people? You know what I mean? Like there's just better games. I mean, like that's my other thing too. So I don't know. Um, I, I mean, like I'm not going to totally ditch it yet just because it one bad experience, I guess. But the last two times I played it, the one time it was just way too long, like you said. And then the other time, this time it was just, I, I it was hard to explain. People didn't quite get it. And then, and then uh, the time that it played forever too, um, before that we had somebody set up their wicket and make a wicket with the queen of hearts and like, seriously, like six turns or something, which is crazy. So, um, it just has that weird thing that happens sometimes. So anyway, I'm not enamored with this game. I think it's fine, but I just, it, I don't love it. I'm going to take some convincing probably to play it again. Cool. Um, all right. So the second game I'm going to talk about is a game about collecting records, uh, by records. I mean like music records, not like, uh, who can run the fastest in the shortest amount of time. And that game is called Vinyl. And it's from Talon Strikes. And essentially what you're doing in this game is it's a worker placement game where you're moving around your little either disco meeple or guitar-shaped mini to different locations to either buy these different records that ha- are different music genres and are maybe in mint condition, a limited edition, or different decades. And you're trying to come up with the best record collection that meets one of these three criteria. You either want a pure collection, which is all the same genre and either one other attribute. So maybe all rock and all mint condition. You want a mixed genre, which is every other like different types of genres with one different or one of the same attributes. Or you want a double mixed, which are mixed genres with two of the same attributes on all records. And you're trying to do that over the course of, uh, it depends on the number of players. If there's three players, you're going to do three rounds, essentially, which a round ends when you hit this marker in the in between all the new records. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is the winner. You're also trying to get some in-game goals where you might be trying to collect different publishers of records, different types of um like genres of records, decades. So there's some in-game points as well. So if you like worker placement and you don't want one that's super thinky or super heavy and you like a record collection theme, then check out vinyl. There'll be a video coming up for this. I don't know, in the next month or so. So stay tuned. So, okay. It's worker placement, but is it worker placement just to like symbolize you're getting your spot in line to pick from these records or is it like, yeah, kind of you, Put your you put your meeple on the the counter, which is going to be where you're going to go to pay for the records. 
You can also go to a different area, which is going to let you get these magazine covers, which are kind of like the cards in Ticket to Ride. They're the cards that have the attributes on them because you have to play these cards to pay for mm. the records. So you're kind of going there to symbolize, just so people know what you're doing. And then if someone else wants to go there, they bump you to another spot, and it's going to give you a bonus action while they take their action. So it has a bumping mechanism that actually lets you take actions as well. Not super important. It doesn't like break the game or you know do anything that other games don't do. But it it is a worker placement game, so I felt I needed to mention that. So if you're a uh, record collector or record fan who enjoys the bumping of the gallerist, the card collecting of Ticket to Ride, and uh, worker placement of a light worker placement game, this game's for you. Yep, Lords of Waterdeep would probably be the light worker placement game. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it looks really cool. I mean, the art and it looks pretty neat. And actually, museum, the set collecting a museum, it sounded like to me kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. seems kind of cool, man. Yeah, I'll give a little bit of a spoiler. I wanted it to be more fun than it is, but it's still fun. I was more yeah. I was more excited for it, I think. So I hyped it up a little bit, and it it didn't live up to the hype. So it's still good. I just don't think it's like as good as I wanted it to be. Well, music games and you are like those are your favorite games i think so i think that for a music game to be outstanding and like stick out in your head it had to be really awesome um that's because true. i mean after you've played what is it uh scandinavian dice placement <laughs> thrash metal game. thrash and roll <laughs> yeah i mean like that game is like what was in your top 10 last year or something i don't remember it was, exactly it was but. pretty high yeah so uh, and then and then uh, into the Echo side, I know is your favorite game of all time. <laughs> Dude, so it will be once I get it. <laughs> yeah, it 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 just is a really. If I if I were you, it would be like the crowning piece in my board game collection. Honestly, like I'd have like a special like uh, acrylic case made for it and have it set on the shelf inside of that case. Probably <laughs> no one would play it. It wouldn't even be open to just sit there. Yeah, you're like, put the white driving gloves on to, to handle these cards. But they're double-sleeved already, Jason. It doesn't matter. You're going to put these white gloves on to play this game. Yep. Uh, cool. I played uh, Boss Monster Rise of the Mini Bosses. Um, I've talked about Boss Monster uh, the next level a week ago or two weeks ago. This one is actually, I think it's better. Um it has this cool mechanic in it. So in Boss Monster, typically what you do is you're building a dungeon to attract heroes, and then you're trying to capture these heroes or kill them. And if you don't, if you attract heroes but you can't kill them, they give you a wound. If you get too many wounds, you die. If you capture enough heroes, you win. So you're trying to basically do like uh, tableau building, where you're trying to get sets of symbols to attract people, and then have them do enough damage and power them up, have some synergy between cards, kind of thing. Well, what this game does is it almost incorporates like Planeswalkers from Magic: The Gathering. Um, you basically generate coins from your dungeon and then you pay coins to like level up these mini bosses which upgrade your rooms so it adds quite a bit to the game actually um so if you played boss monster 10 years ago five years ago whenever this first came out and you thought that's ah, fine but it's super light way too light for me and too light for even a filler game i'd enjoy i would suggest you check out rise of the mini bosses because it adds just another layer of pretty cool stuff in it and it has all the stuff that we know boss monster is great at it has cool campy art in it it has uh, just a lot of fun in it, but then it adds these other guys that like you have more meaningful choices now. Like, do I try and generate coins to make my mini bosses better, or do I try and you know make my dungeon better and ignore the mini bosses kind of? Um, so stuff like that. So Rise of the Mini Bosses, pretty fun little game. Yeah, I need to play Boss Monster again. It's been a while. I just I can't really remember it, and I've 
people really dig it, so I want to give it another shot. Don't don't play Boss Monster. Play Rise of the Mini Bosses. That's my that's my suggestion after playing this one. Honest to goodness, I think it's just a lot better game. Gotcha. So, and if this had been the first one that came out, I think it would have been like raved about. So, um, anyway, I I just think it's good, and it's. I mean, I don't mean to trash it, but I think people have a prejudice towards Boss Monster one way or the other. Like people are like, oh, that game's just like. They, they lump it in with like Flux and Munchkin or something, or they are like obsessed with it and absolutely love it. I don't know many people who are just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, so I think people have a stigma about this game and I wish they could wash that away and play this game because it's actually really good. So uh, yeah, that's it. Hey, Jason, uh, I'm from Indiana and we have a game convention here and it's called Gen Con. Yeah, it's and true. It's happening and it's happening next week. Um, I, you know what? I've been planning on going for at least a day, but my school corporation starts school the following Monday, and that makes it tough on me. And then beyond that, I'm actually switching jobs, so I may have to go to like some some orientation stuff and may not make it, but I'm going to try my best to make it down there. But at any rate, I there was actually, I think this year, uh, last year, I feel like Origins had more stuff actually come out than Gen Con did. Like I feel like the stuff that people were hyped about at Gen Con was stuff that was already out at Origins. Um, and this year I think maybe Gen Con has a good crop of its own stuff that's coming out. Um, so anyway, there's some stuff coming out at Gen Con and I think it'd be cool if we previewed it, if we previewed what we were thinking about with Gen Con and, and what we're looking forward to at Gen Con. So I'll, I'll just get it started, Jason. Uh, you're kind of quiet and it's almost like, I feel like you are a little bitter towards Gen Con. <laughs> probably more to that story than I know, but, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go ahead and get it started. All right. Uh, all right. The, uh, the Artemis Project is my first one I'm looking forward to, and you know way more about this than I do, um, but it's a really good game. Um, you were, like, instrumental in this game. Uh, like, I think you were on its Kickstarter page with a review kind of thing, um, practically. Maybe not quite, but you had a really early review of this, and I know that you were one of the first people I knew that were like, this game's amazing. It's just really, really good, and you should check it out because it's just very good. And that's and that's a game that involves leaving Earth and being out in space or something, right? Yes, it's a planet, I think, in space, but it kind of looks like it's Antarctica, so I just pretend it's Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's Antarctica, I don't know. So you do like this game, though, quite a bit, don't you? Yeah, it's a good dice placement game. It has a few different mechanisms that I haven't seen in some other games that make it a little different. So yeah, if you can pick this up at Gen Con... Or well, if you're if you're going, and you can see it for cheap, definitely get it. It's, it's worth the play. Yeah, I I think it's in in more wide retail distribution. I think at at Gen Con for the first time. I think it's been going to Kickstarter backers and a little bit of availability, but I think this may be the beginning of it being really out in the wild, kind of. So uh, maybe it was at Origins too. I don't know. But anyway, Artemis Project. I'm looking forward to that. It, it seems really good. Um, so. Yeah, uh, and Tom Waits says it's good, too. <laughs> the thing I'm looking forward to about Gen Con is having to drive through all the traffic. Like, the thing I love about cons is when you go and you can't get through to anything and it takes you two hours to um, yeah get into just the town. So then you can, you know, hopefully get to the con before it closes at five or six. And, yeah, I love that. That's my favorite thing about like just sitting in a car. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess it's it. good quality time with your people that you care about that you can just sit and converse, conversate with them. Uh that's that's cool. Uh I I guess it's 
not one of my favorite things, but uh, cool. Uh, I really like uh, number two for me is uh, Sierra West. I, I think looks uh, really good. Um, not NKSN anymore, but the company they became is putting this one out. Looks like kind of a different theme on a little bit heavier game. I don't know a ton about it, but I just looked at the board and thought, okay, this is one that I'm going to have to dig into and see a little bit more about. Um, I, I don't know there's a ton of like preview videos out there for this either yet. So uh, Sierra West uh, from, what is it called? Boards and Dice. Um, one that I'm definitely going to take a look at and try and see. I don't know if you've seen that one yet or not. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Rado play it. I only wanted to check it out because it has the um, same kind of player boards as Lagranha. Where you're using the cards in like four different ways and you're sliding it into your board and it becomes a different card based on how you slide it into your board. So mm. I like that mechanism. So this is definitely one that I would like to try or check out at some point. I think I'll have a review of this one up at some point um, based on some contacts I've had, but I'm just definitely still looking forward to it. So that's that's the next one is uh, is Sierra West uh, from Indie Boards and Cards. Nope. Not true. Boards and dice. Boards and dice. Yeah, indie boards and cards is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they put out the pocket version of this game with hidden identities. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to at Gen Con is parking. So not only do you get to drive and be stuck in traffic for two hours, then you get to drive around while you're stuck in traffic even longer to look for a stupid place to park. So you're going, all the parking garages are full. There's probably having some kind of other thing going on in the city to make it even more congested and horrible for parking. So yeah, I love cons when I can't find a place to park. It really sets me on the right path for the rest of the day. So parking, my number two thing to look forward to. Salty no coffee morning, Jason. is. Uh... <laughs> wow. Okay. Jason loves parking at cons, I guess. Um, I... I... I'm starting to think you might be being cynical right now. I, I the, well, the good part about parking and being in traffic for all morning is that after, after you find your parking spot, you're probably just going to walk by those food trucks and grab lunch. So food trucks there are really good actually at Gen Con. Uh, so I, they, Origins has their hot chicken. That place is pretty awesome. But uh, the food trucks at Gen Con are great. And that's not my number one thing. My number one thing is I've already already like just raved about it, and I'm just excited that people are going to get a chance to buy silver. That game is so good. Um, it's just awesome. It's a fun game. It's just a very fun game with with some thinking in it, but not too much. You can be social and laugh and just have a good time. Player interaction is just right. Uh, the luck's just right. I mean, just everything in it is just it's it hits on all cylinders. Really fun game, Silver. I think it's also pretty cheap. So if you blow all your budget on the big boxes, uh, always always uh, be willing to just check. Uh, for a copy of silver, it's it's small. It'll fit in a bag easily, and it's pretty cheap. So that one is from Bezier Games, not Indie Boards and Cards. So Bezier, Bezier Games uh, putting that one out. Uh, pretty cool looking though. And uh, we talked about it a ton last week. Review up on the channel. This game does seem cool. I, I definitely want to play this at some point. I think it'll be a fun little filler. The app's out too. So I mean, I think you can just go get the app and just just play it uh, two player for free. So that's pretty fun. Oh yeah, that is cool. I might have to try that. Yeah. All right. So back to my parking. You said you could park and then get lunch. I think what you meant to say is you could park and get dinner because you've already missed the first day of the con. But that is beside the point. Let's move on to my number one. My number one is my number one favorite thing of Gen Con is all the crowds and the people. I love that I can go to a con once I get parked after driving there and getting stuck in traffic for two hours. 
I can go into the convention center. I can go to a booth and I can't get through for three hours because there's a hundred people sitting there demoing the game that I want to play because the well, the people bought one copy to play. FFG. I mean, like FFG's booth is really <laughs> busy. And I mean, FFG has a ton of stuff there, a ton of space there, though, too. I don't know. I, yeah, you're you're right. There's big crowds at Indie, especially uh at gen con it is just packed and the aisles aren't as wide as i think as origins maybe they no they aren't um they just try and pack a lot of stuff in there and it's it is crowded it's super crowded and it's uh because of those crowds a lot of crime happens people get stuff stolen and i don't know if you ever throw a bunch of people together in the same spot even if the best people in the world there's gonna be a few bad ones that pick pockets and steal stuff and whatever so yeah i as much as I don't want to be salty with you, the crowds are are pretty rough. Um, it's too bad. I, I was able to go to Gen Con on Wednesday one year uh, because I was like, there's an educator. And it'd be really cool if like we could get like credentials to be there a day early and interview people or something. But um, That would be really cool. That would be really awesome if they would let us go there as press and do yeah. some coverage and give us a reason why we couldn't go there as press. That would be amazing. Um, Jason's, Jason's a little salty about their ambiguous, uh, <laughs> press credentialing. So some people got press credentials that, um, have different bases than us as far as, um, I'm not going to say it's less. Yeah. It's definitely less. They have way less yes, followers, it's, it's way less. Definitely everything. less. Yes. So, and we got rejected two years in a row now for a Gen Con press credentials. So and probably indefinitely now after, after they hear <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> If they hear this, well, I don't know. Maybe the email you sent every day to their like <laughs> PR person—that's saying true. It's time for your daily email. Here's my example of someone who got press credentials that we didn't, uh, and they have half the followers we do. Yeah, so that was—I mean, it was kind of funny to me, but I was like, I was like, I was thinking about emailing her and being like, "Hey, it's me, the other side of the board game mechanics." I haven't emailed you yet at all because I think you're a human still, and like. <laughs> They weren't mean emails. <laughs> they were very direct. Uh, they were very direct. They were they were numbers saying this person has these numbers. We have these numbers. Can you please give me clarification on why you gave this person credentials and not us? Yeah, they were that. But they weren't mean. They were just to the point. I think the last one you sent was, all I want is to hear from you what you want from us to get our credentials. <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah. So I, it was just direct. It's fine. It's fine. Um, when your Tom waits, sometimes you can be direct. It's <laughs> uh, funny. But no, like serious, on a serious note, I do want to go to Gen Con sometime. I just, it's expensive. You're going to be paying for it. Yeah, right. It's expensive. And I don't want to pay that much to deal with all those things that I laid out because I'm not a huge fan of that stuff. So right. I'd just rather go to Origins. It's closer to home and it's right. free. Well, and and then the other piece too is, um, uh oh, huh? My my watch thinks I'm doing a rowing machine right now. Um, <laughs> that's what that noise was. Uh, cool. I guess I got worked up there. Um, uh, well, um, yeah. Let's see if we can figure this out. How to wrap this show up? <laughs> I've been to Gen Con more than I've been to Origins. I I like Origins a lot. I always thought Origins was like the kid brother who's like me too, me too. But Origins is a perfectly good show on its own. Um, I like it actually a lot because the vibe there is just a lot more chill. I think than at Gen Con. At Gen Con, people are real serious and like just in a 
in the hustle all the time. And I like it fine, but there's no way you're going to leave Gen Con, I think, saying I felt satisfied that I did what I wanted to do there because it's just hard to get everything done. At Origins, I was able to do that. Um, I don't know. Gen Con, Gen Con has some good things about it for sure. Um, it's just crazy that two of the bigger cons in the United States happen, like, I don't know, a hundred miles apart from each other. Um, the one that I want to go to that you've been to is I want to go to PAX Unplugged. I think that show looks really good too. PAX is cool. Um, it has yeah. awful traffic cause it's in downtown Philadelphia, but it is good though. Yeah. And I think the things you mentioned about cons is every con's going to have that to some degree. Um, and I know that you in particular like hate crowds of people and it's like, you have to love board games a lot for you to deal with those crowds of people for sure. So, um, yeah, it's fair. Um, the other thing too, I would say in closing on this, on the Gen Con thing is if you can't make it to Gen Con, do some Gen Can gaming and have fun anyway, and then look for a con around you. Like I know I live in an area that's like, I mean, there's a few decent sized towns, but there's, there's in driving distance of my house, uh, over the course of the summer, there's at least six or seven cons that I can make it to. And some of them are really cheap. Some of them are free. Um, one of them I think maybe costs like three bucks to go to. So, um, if you just love gaming and you want to get to a con, I would suggest you try and get to a con. It just revitalizes your love for, for board games, helps you feel like some solidarity with the crowd of people who are, you know, one of us or whatever. And, uh, and I don't know, I just, uh, I think I'd encourage you to get into a con. Uh, I'm hoping to, I'm really hoping to get to Gen Con this year. Um, but, um, so I can apologize to some people, but, um, <laughs> But we'll see. If I don't get there, we just won't have coverage this year, unfortunately. We didn't have coverage last year either because the dates were just terrible again last year. So, um, yeah. And if you go on Sunday, it is cheap. I think you they used to at least do family day on Sunday. But the problem with Sunday is you go there and, like, if you don't get there first thing in the morning, everyone's already all packed up. It's, it's a mixed basket. Like, um, if you go on Sunday, some people are packed up and, like, leaving already in the morning. Other people are like, I don't want to take these board games home with me, so I'm going to try and liquidate them as fast as I can. And they sell stuff really cheap on Sundays, um, but it is really inexpensive to go. I think it's like 30 bucks for a family, or at least it was a couple years ago. I haven't looked this year. Um, so like everybody goes for 30 bucks, which is pretty good. Um, and and then uh, the other thing too that happens at Gen Con is my other pro tip. The food trucks is obviously a pro tip. My other pro tip for Gen Con is... Um, Cool Stuff Inc. is there and they sometimes bring scratch and dent stuff and they keep putting it out throughout the day. So just keep an eye on some of the scratch and dents. I think they sell more of them online now, but like they used to have really awesome scratch and dent sales. And then there's always a guy there from, from, I don't know what he is. He like does distribution for Rio Grande or something, but he buys Rio Grande's games that are like a year and a half old and he like sells them dirt cheap, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. And the more you buy, the cheaper it is. And so um, like, he just has stuff so cheap. And I think he's at Origins too. But um, just you can buy all the Rio Grande stuff that you'd ever want to buy for 100 bucks practically. And that's where I got copies of some pretty cool games like Tin Goose and Airlines Europe. So both airplane games. I guess Rio does good airplane games. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's I guess, what I had to say. Yeah, I only have one thing I want to mention about Gen Con. The only game I'm even looking forward to is Abomination, the Era of Frankenstein. So on a serious note, that's one game that, I really want, and it is super fun, and I wanted to go to Gen Con so I could pick it up. Is it going for sale there? It should be. That, that was the plan, I think. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but that was what they said at Origins, that they were shooting for that. 
Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I, hopefully it is. I think it does look really cool. Uh, that's maybe one that I have to break down and actually buy. Um, I bought games six and seven this year for the year now too. So uh, I'm running out of games to buy. Um, I bought the Harry Potter Battle of Hogwarts and the expansion. So those are good. Those are fun. My watch is telling me that I gotta get pick up the pace, or else my calories won't count for the rowing machine. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an episode that happens in the morning before we have coffee. Um, sorry. <laughs> keep gaming. Yeah, keep gaming.